This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show for your Wednesday. Matt and Brett, uh, Jeff Stein joining us here in just a little bit. You, you, you pointed out a flaw in the newscast there, Brett, at the top of the hour. Yeah, it was funny as I was listening to that newscast talking about how uh, they were citing this Quinnipiac poll saying that Americans were split as to whether Donald Trump should be prosecuted on criminal charges. Well, that, that poll actually showed it was 54-42, saying he should be prosecuted. And They do that a lot. And twelve In today's climate, that's a pretty significant margin of 12 points. Well, do you, I, I noticed, was it in 2016 we were talking about it, that a poll where America's divided, and the one side was like 63%. And I'm that's, like, okay, no, that's not divided. That's, that's basically two-thirds. In the political climate of like 30 years ago, maybe you could call 54-42 divided, but not today. I mean, anything that's more than like a five-point margin is uh, pretty significant. <laughs> yes. uh, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. It's windy outside. Did you know? It, and it just started as soon as I started coming into the radio station. I haven't been out there yet to see, uh, but I can look on the camera and see stuff blowing around right now. Wow. It's, it's, and it's a hot wind, so, oh, God. <laughs> okay, I'm. Uh, am I crazy? When I grew up here, I grew up with summers. It was seventy five degrees and, and perfect, and a hot day was eighty eighty two, and an extremely hot day was ninety. And now it's. I got my kids. I'm walking. I'm walking around with my son today, and we're we're out there uh, walking around. And he's like, oh, this is perfect. I'm like, it's 82 and it's starting to get warm. And I'm like, no, this is not. This is starting to get a little hot. And it, what it is is, I mean, my kids do not remember the summers that I, I remember, which I imagine the summers. I mean, I'm not saying that they were wearing parkas when my dad was was a kid. But at the same time, it was I guarantee it was it's definitely warmer. I mean, I, I was looking at Sven's stuff over and bring me the news. I think we're at we're going to have like the twenty fourth, twenty fifth, ninety degree plus day, and we usually have twelve, and that average is up dramatically just since two thousand. It used to be we used to have like four or five ninety degree days, one one hundred degree day every two or three years, and now it's just this is. Ugh. I had a friend to give you an idea how crazy this is. I had a friend who lived in Houston. And I said, well, what's a perfect evening for you? And they said, oh, by being down by the water and it's 85 degrees. And I'm like, 85? Dear God. That's what we get now at nights in some evenings, 85 degrees. No, 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 no. I, it, I am not moving to Arizona ever after this summer. Not a chance on the planet. Florida's insanity. I'm not moving down there regardless of anything, and plus the fact that it's the, you know weather wise it's a mess down there but, but that's you like enjoy the thunderstorms every day at 3:30 in the afternoon well okay so <laughs> i learned something from going down to buford okay so you have the coast right and then you have all these islands right off the coast well the islands is where you get tagged man the islands are where it's it's all of a sudden oh, rain and we're talking 
God pours a bucket. Okay, it's it's kind of one of those things where if you weren't expecting a white t-shirt con or wet t-shirt concert, you're about to get one, and just be prepared for it. Don't wear white. Just FYI, that's just a you know you know name of the game. Pours bright sunshine twenty minutes later. They don't even. I mean, and so I'd be out on like St. Helen Island, and you're like, wow, it's just pouring rain here. And when you get back to the mainland, they didn't see a thing, didn't see a drop. So yeah, I. But it's Florida. You know the you know the the crotch sweat is about the most appealing thing about that place, that and Disney. Oh, Disney's fun, but I mean it's it pricey but fun. But <laughs> you know uh, you know there's there's there is no redeeming quality to Florida. I I was reading some stories about Florida, Florida and Texas. Just in Texas, in Texas they had a new mandate that every school has to have an armed guard. At all times, and they 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 want to pay an armed guard annual salary fifteen thousand dollars. That's what they that's the that's the amount of money that they set aside for basically having to force staff members to be trained gunmen. Texas elementary schools, elementary schools in Texas. In Florida, I was reading about how you know how DeSantis took over that one was it the new college down in Florida? Yeah, that's new college, correct. <laughs> new college has literally fallen apart. They are down about a third of their staff. They can't even offer the basic classes. One kid was talking about how he's having to transfer to New Hampshire because the and one of the few colleges that will accept the credits from the new school now. And and the reason why is that he just I have classes I have to take to get my major. Four of those classes were not even available. So he can't even get his major there. And this is because, and if you didn't pay attention, Ron DeSantis literally loaded the board of this. It was a liberal fine arts college. And he loaded it up with far-right mega people and immediately purged half the staff of another part of the staff. Another part of the staff left. They are grossly understaffed at this point. They don't even have half the classes they say they are going to carry. They don't even have them on the schedule. You can't sign up for them. And then they went out and they expanded out their athletic program because they wanted to be, they want to turn it into a big college school, big football college and stuff like this. They didn't have the housing. So they basically now have had to boot all the juniors and seniors out of the dorm rooms, even though they promised the juniors and seniors they were going to be in the dorm rooms so that they could put the student athletes in the dorm rooms. And then, and so now they're putting them into substandard housing that was meant to be remodeled that's got mold and, and other plumbing issues. That's new college right there. Because, and I want to make sure we understand this, this was a perfectly functioning college. That liberal or that, that, that the Republicans labeled that the liberals had gone woke with, so they put conservatives in there, and it has completely fallen freaking apart. I follow this a little bit. They just recently, by the way, spent two million dollars on a cancel culture center. Cancel culture center? Yeah, for educating people on that. Two million dollars is what they spent on this. Oh God, that that's not. I can't believe they're going to have it be accredited. I mean, if if they're not offering the classes for for graduation, they're not going to get accredited. And so, and then all of a sudden it's going to be, first of all, they're going to pat themselves. We did a great job. And then they're going to say, well, we didn't, it was perfectly fine when we left it, when it's a, it's a um, burning husk. Apparently Florida Athletic or Florida International, what's the other one that he's, he apparently forced them to hire one of his buddies as the head of the university. 
and he is so inept at it that the university is already struggling big time. He has no idea. He has no interest in running the college. This is the, you know, it's <laughs> maybe you keep asking yourselves like these universities, why do they always hire liberals? Well, because maybe you guys are just complete idiots. How about that? You know, how about you? You guys don't know what the heck you're doing. How about that? So once again, good luck. All you Republicans, you're heading to Texas, you're heading to Florida. Good luck. It's nice to know that you're, you're, uh, your uh, school library is going to be shut down in Texas to pay for a gunman in the school. What, what's the timeline in this next school year of an accidental shooting of a student in a school? How many weeks? I'm going to say four. Within four weeks before the end of September in Texas, they will have a shooting, an accidental shooting of a student. You worried about having a $15,000 a year guard? I mean, you're not probably getting the cream of the crop of the... People who are going to be responsible with that gun. $15,000. 15 whole thousand dollars, you say? That could get me in, out of a lot of jams. But I have to be here on weekdays? Oh, come on. You know, good luck with that. Oh, God. Texas and Florida. You, you make Minnesota. You make Minnesota look freaking fantastic. I just want to let you know. You just keep making us look fantastic. We look like we're competentville up here. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. I've got good news on a breaking story. Now, obviously, we got Stein, so we're going to talk with Stein extensively, extensively about... <laughs> that's actually the title of the segment. Uh, that's coming up here in just a second. Oh, gosh. I'll save it. I'll save it. I got I got a lot I can talk about there. But I do have an update on the uh, the, the the Kansas story, the, the the newspaper down in Kansas, where um, the, the the police went in there and raided it on a massive First Amendment violation. This uh, this according to the New York Times, this, this came down about two fifteen this afternoon. The Marion County Record, a newspaper in Kansas that the police raided last week is getting its equipment back from local law enforcement, the county's top prosecutor said on Wednesday. Joel Enzi, the Marion County attorney, said in a statement that there was insufficient evidence to justify the search of the Marion County record and seize its journalist's equipment. As a result, this is, quote, as a result, I have submitted a proposed order asking the court to release the evidence seized. He said, I have asked local law enforcement to return the material seized to the owners of the property. The police and county sheriff's deputies raided the newspaper office and the home of its owner and editor and the home of the city councilman on Friday collecting computers, cell phones, and other materials. It is an extremely rare for law enforcement authorities in the United States to search and seize the tools to produce journalism. The searches were part of an investigation into how the record obtained and handled a document containing information about a local restaurateur. By the way, they, they actually said before the raid – we went there's a there's a service you can pay for in Kansas that will give you someone's driving record. And they went and paid for it and they gave them the receipt and that wasn't good enough for them. The Kansas Bureau of Investigation, an agency that aids law enforcement, said in its statement that the investigation would continue. The, uh, the search generated blowback from First Amendment experts. The fact that the county attorney let, let's talk about a few things here. The fact that the county attorney basically has in five days said no. Give them this stuff back now. That tells you everything. That, that, that this is, there is no merit here. Because what the county attorney has got to look at is this. 
we're going to get sued. We're going to get sued for violating their First Amendment rights. And it might not be a, a criminal trial, but it'll be a civil trial, and we will lose unless there are I's dotted and T's crossed. And so if I may break down what happened here, what appears to have happened here, there is this woman in town, Carrie Everett, who owns a restaurant who seems to be – she was hosting a political event for a Republican Seems to be that she is you know, big within the Republican coffers. The paper shows up to cover the event. She kicks them out of the restaurant and basically she kicks them out of the restaurant and basically, you know, they accuse them of, of, of being liberal media, blah, blah, blah. The, the by the way, the Republican, uh, the Republican politician who was there, his office was very quick to say we had nothing to do with that. That was the restaurant. We had nothing to do with that. We have no problem with freedom of press. So even they were like, okay, this is a little heavy-handed. The next day, someone contacted the paper and said that the woman, Carrie Everett, had apparently had a DWI and basically was still driving, was able to drive even though that she hadn't, I guess, done the proper paperwork and filed the proper paperwork to get her license back. They looked into it, hired a service, which you can legally do, and that checked and indeed the 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 driving record had not been, you know, expunged per se. But they themselves realized, wait a minute, this might be a setup, which, you know, kudos to these guys. They figured out, they kind of looked through this and said, okay, this doesn't this doesn't smell right, and this might have been an attempt to set them up. So what they did do is they did not publish that information, but did contact the police saying, oh, by the way, in our reporting, we have come across the fact that someone is illegally driving. Now, what it appears happened is Carrie Everett ordered the Marion police to raid the newspaper, claiming that they had somehow obtained information illegally without any evidence and the fact that this their all their evidence is coming back shows me that this was a completely made up fraudulent thing that there was no evidence that they had done anything wrong at all but this private citizen ordered the police to raid this newspaper now what's not clear is whether or not the judge that signed off on this which you know stupid i mean how stupid of a judge are you that someone says, I want to raid a newspaper, and you say, wait a second, what? You want to do what? But maybe the police lied to the judge and made up evidence that wasn't really there to justify the raid. Because once again, their argument is, well, when a crime has happened, we have the right to raid a newspaper. Yeah, but that's like if you know, say, the editor of the newspaper, like in a bad murder she wrote episode, murder their mother or something like that. And by the way, speaking of which, the raid caused so much stress to the woman who owned it, the mother of the current editor, she actually died. And the coroner actually labeled stress from the raid as the reason why she died. Yeah. But the police could raid a newspaper if they feel a crime, an actual crime was committed, but they did not have any evidence of an a crime. So you have this happen. This it's 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 an absolute joke. How in the world does a newspaper or a, a police department take its marching orders from a single individual in the community saying, "I want you to raid. I don't care about the Constitution. Go get them." 
And by the way, this seems like a setup. If this is a setup, if this was, if they can say, well, the initial tip, say, came from Carrie Everett herself in an attempt to try to set them up and make them look bad and sue the newspaper, if they can prove that, then she's in a lot of trouble. The police department's in a lot of trouble. The county's in a lot of trouble. Even if they're giving the newspaper stuff, the stuff their stuff back today, even if they give it back today, you're still going to have a pretty airtight civil lawsuit with the death of mom and pain and suffering. And if I'm the newspaper, I'm like, okay, you want to go to war? Let's go to war and take them for every damn dime they've got. Because this is, this is a joke that they would even try to do something like this. And sue Carrie Everett, sue all of them, sue them all. And, 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 you know, basically take it every dime they've got. I guarantee you this, no one involved with this, Carrie Everett, the Marion Police Department, the judge, no one thought that this story was going to, they thought they were going to do this and they were going to put that newspaper in its place. And now they are, because this story, by the way, New York Times flash report <laughs> nationally. So if you get the New York Times flash report, um, yeah, there you go. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205 is the phone number. I'll tell you what. I'll come back a little bit more on the story before we get to Stein. Uh, it is the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Looks like the Twins lost again to the Detroit Tigers. Don't uh, – Twins – don't tell me to take you seriously when, sure, you get two wins in Philadelphia and look good. You're playing a Detroit team that's atrocious, and you are, you've are you lost, I think you lost by two games the season series against Detroit. Dear God, man. You got swept by Kansas City in Kansas City. That's one of the worst teams we've seen in 100 years. Don't tell me to take you seriously. It's I can't take you seriously when, oh, here it is. We've turned the corner. Pat us on the back. Big home run. Grand slam last night. And then you lose meekly to a Detroit again. I mean, my God. I mean, it, it, good teams don't lose like this. Good teams do not lose like this. Oh, uh, God. Just an embarrassment. And once again, these are the easy games. you got tough teams you're going to have to beat. And you're supposed to win these games. I mean, it's... I don't know. I, I just, I, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to the Vikings. I'm looking forward to the Gopher football team. I, I'm, I'm actually kind of moving past the Twins because of stuff like this. And I know there's a lot of people out there saying, Matt, it's not over. They're still in first place. I know. But how am I supposed to get excited about this team when the teams we should be beating 10-0 to are just throttling us over and over again? That Tiger stat is pretty crazy. Yeah, Detroit is not good at all. They're not good. They're just not good. Um, back to the story out of Kansas, Joanne Meyer, the co-owner of the paper died on Saturday. Her son, Eric Meyer, the newspaper's publisher said that the coroner had concluded that the stress from the searches was a contributing factor to her death. Bernard J. Rhodes, a lawyer who represents the record, called the county's decision to withdraw its search warrant and return the seized items a promising first step. However, it does nothing to recompense the paper for the violation of the First Amendment rights when the search was conducted. He added, it most regrettably does not return Joanne Meyer. 
Mr. Rhodes says that a forensic expert will examine the property that had been seized by investigators. He added that he was assured that the equipment had not been combed through by investigators, but said he wanted to make sure. What do you – of course, I'm sorry. I'm going to bet the cops already went through all the paper, the stuff and this. And by the way, if the forensic expert comes back and says, yep, someone accessed all this stuff. Someone accessed all this stuff from the time it was taken. Someone accessed and looked at this file and this file, this file, and this file and got all this information. If someone comes back and does this, I mean, they're, they're dead to rights. I mean, this is going to be a massive civil lawsuit. And... Should be a federal and should be a federal lawsuit too. We still I mean, they, this this story does not talk about the judge because I mean that's the next big question is did the judge was the judge lied to by the Marion police because Carrie Everett is apparently so convincing that the police department basically lied to the judge or was the judge going along saying sure raid a newspaper. I, I it, it is it's hard to comprehend that someone would be this stupid in that day, this day and age to do that. But that this is isn't this I mean I talked about the Florida school thing where it's like we're going to put in a bunch of far righters who're going to fix this problem and that school is on fire and burning. They think to themselves, we're going to solve this problem. We're going to do this. And then all of a sudden, the same Republicans, we're going to shut down this liberal newspaper. And the next thing you know, it's, oh, we we violated the First Amendment, you say. Uh, oh, we opened up the county and everyone involved into a civil lawsuit potential. Oh, hey, newspaper, sorry about the death of your mom. Hey, we're really, really sorry about this. Here's all your stuff back. Hey, by the way, we happen to turn things on and take a look around a little bit. I hope you didn't mind. This is a bad. Well, this is this is bad. And frankly, I'm going to keep track of this because I want to I want to find out. I want to find out everything that happens with this story. Because at this point, the fact that the county attorney Think about this, and I want to tell you, this is a Kansas, a Kansas, in a Republican county, a Kansas county attorney basically quickly giving the, all the, 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 the computers, everything. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't have any, clo- and then close to validation here. Give it all back. Give it all back now. Just give it back. We're done. Give it all back. 952-946-6205. Have, have the newspaper and Carrie Everett come out? It's like, well, at least we proved our point. <laughs> yeah, that you're idiots. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back. Stein, when we do return, it is the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, 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 Jeff. J-E-F-F-J. Jeff Stein's our national and presidential expert, noted author. You'll find his books over at Next Chapter Books. A great read, by the way. Thinking of early holiday gifts, go get those. Uh, also, totallyiowa.com, the Iowa Business Report, the Iowa Politics Report. Comes to us from KXEL, Cedar Falls, Waterloo. Where are you ramping up for Panther football season? Is that what we're getting into? No, we don't care anymore. We don't do the games, so we don't care. Oh, <laughs> Nice Iowa pride there, buddy. 
Okay. Here's the thing. Do you work if you don't get paid? Uh, well, actually, that's you now it's radio, Perhaps so that's a redundant a bad, question. You're a, you're a bad example. Come to think of it, no. I mean, uh, the bottom line, and we've said it publicly. Uh, uh, they lowballed us, and we said, uh, "Go play somewhere else." Oh, well, wow! Well. So literally. We don't care anymore. Okay. Well, How's that? By the way, your home for Panther football this year is AM. No, not really. Actually, no, it's not. <laughs> if you if you could make a dime off of that, you you go right ahead. Wow, right that's a shot too. That's nicely done. All right, let's talk about uh, coming up at the Chuckle Hut in Atlanta here, uh, March fourth. Uh, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis has asked a judge to set a trial date of March 4th, the former President Trump and his 18 co-defendants. Arraignment week begins September 5th, like Shark Week only. That's according to a court filing. Um, We had yesterday our legal expert, Jack Rice, who's on Court TV a lot. He said, there's really, it becomes very difficult considering the nature of these charges are very Georgia-specific. That you cannot, you're not likely going to move this to federal court. Doesn't mean that they couldn't, you know, charge him in federal court, just like Derek Chauvin, where they charged him locally in Hennepin County and they charged him in federal court for violating George Floyd's rights. Doesn't mean you can't do that. It just is you're not going to be able to, considering the RICO charges here involved are more strict than the federal charges, that this is going to stay in Georgia and Trump's in trouble with this. Your thoughts on, first of all, just the case as it's come out. Well, the, the concept of moving to federal court, I understand why Mark Meadows wants to do that, but to the point you just made, these are state charges. Yeah. And if you say, well, it's a federal election, no, it really isn't. That's the whole point of the Electoral College. And so you, you just don't have the ability. I have seen some folks on the right posit it this way, and, and I think it's, it's, it's sound thinking. Regardless of whether or not you think that the charges have merit, and by the way, four charging decisions now, four different jurisdictions, four different cases, where the former president of the United States is facing a total of 91 felonies, all right? If you're keeping score, if you have 91 on your bingo card, good for you. Wow. But the point that they're making is, and these are supporters who say there are four different places, two federal Two state. All they need is to get him on one of them. And their point is made. And so the you know, Trump can go out there and say, hey, go ahead, indict me again. That's going to guarantee my election. But the more different jurisdictions, different cases, different causes of action you have that you're facing, it's just a numbers game. And again, they only need to strike with one of them. Mm-hmm. Now the, the part about the setting the uh, trial date for the day before Super Tuesday, similar to the, the other charges where it's, hey, let's do it a week before the Iowa caucus or whatever. And these prosecutors who are talking about, we want a speedy trial. That's not the prosecution's right in a criminal case. It is the defendant's right to speedy trial. The defendant has the right to say, you must try me within, in most areas, it's 90 days. But the defendant can waive the right to speedy trial. And the prosecution then has to justify why it needs to be held now as opposed to later. And when you get some of these cases that are so complicated with confidential records, et cetera, that's hard. On top of it, often if there are co-defendants, you want to, uh, if you're the defense, you want to have separate trials. Mm -hmm. You don't want a whole gang together 
when you're alleging conspiracy, <laughs> right? If you just think about the optics of this, we allege that these people conspired. And then you've got six defendants and their three lawyers each, and it all looks like they're ganging up on the prosecution. So, I mean, the defense wants to, to split this, but that's the trick if you're going to now have multiple trials, who goes first? And if you're the prosecution, you're trying to claim conspiracy, you want them together. Well, And, and so this just becomes very complicated to do quickly, regardless, Matt, of who the defendant is. Well, and also should be noted that the RICO charges in Georgia are much more um, stringent than the federal level. So that's one of the things in, – in they, they basically – they have a lot more teeth. How about I say it like that? They got a lot more teeth. And sure. th- this, and here's the problem for Trump is that this – even if he does win the presidency, this case is not going away. This case is going to be going – because this is a state charge and he's going to be – that's going to be – and there's potential jail time involved with a state charge. And so it's it is it's it's you know it could be say you know I don't think he's going to win as a matter of fact I think that there's going to be a, I think they're starting to become a come a come to Jesus moment for Republicans to a point uh, on this that that I don't know if he's going to run but if he does run and he did you know somehow win that there is a decent chance that he if if this case goes forward he would be in trouble because as I have said before with many of these things this was an attempted overthrow of the government carried out by the stupidest human beings on the freaking planet. They've got everything. They've got emails, texts, they've got video, they've got these I mean, some of these people they have them dead to rights. And and this here's the part one with Trump specifically which I think is just really interesting. You and I think we both had understood that it was Rudy Giuliani on election night running through the White House screaming, "Don't concede, don't concede, claim we won, claim we won." Now we found out on in October 31st, it was before the election, there were meetings going on within Trump and his officials to where they were not going to they were going to claim voter fraud before any votes were cast or counted, I should say, because there was early voting. But before any votes were counted, they were going to claim voter fraud. They were already doing this. This plan was in place almost two weeks before the election even happened, which is a pretty They've got the evidence of that, and that's pretty damning. That's going to be very hard for them to overcome, that this wasn't some sort of coordinated plan, that this was somehow organic and occurred on its own. Well, you you certainly can't claim that it's organic. You've got too many people involved, yeah. just at the very base of it. I mean, it, let's assume it all sprung organically on election night. And, and again, I'm just saying for the sake of conversation, there's too many people involved. Yeah. Now, now the thing that I find interesting here's a danger. Okay, before before you start making popcorn and getting ready to watch. Oh TV no, I've got and, popcorn. And, I've had. I've been. I've been buckets, man, buckets. <laughs> the thing is, you have to be careful not to overcharge, and that's one of the things that, again, the Trump public opinion stance is piling on. You got to be careful now in a case where you've got the conspiracy. And you have, what is it, 18 other defendants? I lost track. I mean, you, you can field a football team with fewer individuals than are in this criminal indictment, all right, with some despair. You charge that many people hoping somebody rolls, right? Oh, there, yeah. there are a couple of these people. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this before. All right, here's the documents case. You charge the valet. Why? He's nothing. He's following orders. I mean, he's a fine Probably a very fine, God-fearing human being. I, but Greatest I'm just saying, stashing documents. Fantastic. I, I mean, well, you, can't, you, 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 you can't find better. They, 
You don't know. Maybe he's good at, at, at following orders and Stacking. moving by. You don't know. <laughs> but the point is, he's not your target. He's your squeeze. He's the one you want to get to flip on your target. Okay, you've got this Georgia situation. You got all of these different people, including lawyers, who are saying, whoops, we've now crossed a line here, perhaps, and I got to get out of this to save my own hide. Yeah. Because some of them are blindly loyal and others are blindly loyal to themselves and don't look good in either black and white stripes or orange. Take your pick. Um, going Just very quickly on the documents case, Trump is not letting those two employees out of his sight. They are basically being dragged around with Trump everywhere he goes, and that's in fact this case. This is where it gets nuts. Now you well, and I's got to help get his uh, his uh, pork chop on a stick at the Iowa State Fair uh, Saturday. You got to have and your stack that in a bathroom, please. Thank you. Uh, okay, so like I said, attempt mm-hmm. to overthrow the government. Stupidest people on the planet. You and I yes. have talked about when it comes to getting Trump, you're going to have to get the people that are on that first layer around him, and I think they do. Mark Meadows is in trouble. He apparently is caught on record trying to give Trump campaign cash to an investigator auditing Georgia's mail-in ballots to try to get him to to say that there is fraud. Now, if you have the, uh, the, the uh, White House chief of staff at that point during the campaign, Actually taking Trump campaign cash. I mean, this makes Nixon look like nothing. You've got him on record, basically. You, you've got an audio tape of him offering this. You know, someone's going to flip because if you've read through some of these charges here, the, the, there there is a lot of teeth here. And that these people, this is not overreach, especially when you look at the surrounding people. It might be a little bit in your mind for, for Trump. But the reality is this is what RICO cases are. You find the people who are truly guilty and then you get them to roll. And I'm going to guarantee you some of these guys are going to roll. Well, and again, and I'm just speaking generally, you don't want to overdo because then you lead, you play into a narrative you don't need, right? Now, Meadows is the interesting one because he's saying pretty quickly to the January 6th grand jury, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's providing, yeah. here's my phone, here's by, everything. By the way, it, it, isn't that an interesting you know, conundrum, a, a dichotomy here. Uh, he's already rolled on one of these, but he didn't roll on this one, or at least they, no. they're going to give him the opportunity to roll here pretty quick. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, he thought he was in the clear, right? The thing with Georgia is they didn't ask. They didn't bring him before the grand jury. See, in, in, the, in the D.C. situation, they brought him in. It's part of the investigation. And Georgia's like, you know what? We don't need to hear from any of you. We don't need to make any deals of any kind. I mean, that's normally what it would be, right? All right, Mr. McNeil, you testify before the grand jury uh, and don't plead the fifth. We'll give you immunity. Therefore, the Fifth Amendment against self-incrimination is off the table. The folks in Georgia are like, eh, we don't really care. We'll just charge everybody. And so that's what's interesting. You've got these co-conspirators, unindicted co-conspirators in, in the January 6th situation, They didn't get that benefit in state court in Georgia. Here's another thing about state court. We've talked about can you pardon, can you not pardon. There are now some on the far right who are floating that, well, you don't understand the Constitution correctly because the president does have the power to pardon in a state court situation. Now, I have never heard that before. (laughs) And it's going to be real interesting to see them play it out, okay? Because the problem is so many of these people who make these comments, and it's very much like 
the you know if you buy into this whole uh, election uh, overthrow government thing they were talking about well we've got all of this evidence and we'll prove it in court that there was fraud got all of these people across the country excited oh maybe our guy can win mm-hmm. what happened mike lindell syndrome anything. yeah well it was it was anything overturned at all no not and, and poor lindell looks like the the guy who got duped by so many of these because they just kept stoking the the flame. So the problem is when you've got these commentators saying, well, you know, I believe that the president can pardon himself in state court after a conviction. You're going to get people improperly all fired up about something or expecting something, and it's not going to come true regardless. The well, and, and you know, I think that that is a pipe dream. It's pretty clear you can't he can't pardon himself, and he can't pardon anything else. That's why his whoever his VP candidate's going to be, it's going to be someone who's clearly got the commanding order that you're going to pardon me as soon as I get out of here. Um, and what? But this is the thing. This is what it comes down to. Says who? All right. In other words, okay. Nixon probably presumed Ford would pardon him. But we've never seen any evidence that it was a deal. And again, that was a much different time 50 years ago. All right. So let's say the corrupt, disgraced President McNeil. Yeah, of course. Is, well, you'll see where this is going. While if he, he goes to Vice President Brett Johnson okay. and says, okay, it's really hot. You've always wanted the job. You always wanted to host your own show. I'm going to abdicate. And you promised to pardon me. And Vice President Brett Johnson says, well, sure, of course, of course I'll do that. There's no obligation to do that. Well, so President is... McNeil, the corrupt President McNeil, leaves office thinking, I'm waiting for my pardon. And he goes out to the driveway to the mailbox at San Clemente, just to make the point even stronger, every yeah. day, no pardon arrives. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. Well, but you do also have two particularly, Carrie Lake and Marjorie Taylor Greene, basically campaigning, saying, I'll pardon you in a heartbeat, uh, you know, or at least alluding to that. Uh, yeah, in the, the whole field says that. Ron DeSantis says that. But they want to, but they want to, they'll want to win an election on their own. So, you know, they don't want to turn off their base. That's Here, what I'm saying. Well, I mean, you can't trust anybody. You can't trust these people. Brett Johnson's not going to pardon oh, you. Brett would, my God, Brett, no, he's, he, you know, he'll look for more charges. Well, you would be calling for me to be hung like Donald Trump did. <laughs> I know a guy. Uh, <laughs> so speaking of, uh, you know, Marion and the professor, the there, there are some people in this that I find interesting because this Reverend Stephen uh, Cliffguard Lee, the pastor, I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. what in the world is this? Why was he included? Apparently, Ruby Friedman was a poll worker in Georgia. She was one of them that was harassed. She called the police on him. He says to the police, I'm a pastor. I'm working with some folks who are trying to help Ruby out and also get some truth what's going on. Lee tells the officer as Freeman calls to report him knocking on her door and later parking his car in the driveway. Lee admits he had knocked on Freeman's door, told officers he was prior law enforcement. He was asking, he was t- trying to offer pro bono service to her and that she turned him down. The indictment alleges the incident was part of an effort involving Willie Lewis Ford III, the head of the Black Voices for Trump, and publicist Trevani Cudi, a publicist for rapper previously known as Kanye West, to encourage Freeman to attest to evidence of fraud uh, in, in, in Georgia. 
They actually have um, the one person under uh, – Cootie met with Freeman on January 4th, 2021, threatened her with jail time unless she provided evidence of election fraud. And by the way, that entire encounter was on video. So it's like I said, an attempted overthrow conducted by the stupidest people on the planet. They were all recorded with their crimes. Yeah, you know, as a defense attorney in my younger days, there there are times you go in. This is the best example. I would have a client come in, be charged with operating while intoxicated, probably called DWI, driving yeah. while intoxicated in your jurisdiction. And they'd say, I, I had one beer and that and plenty of peanuts. And so there's no way I was drunk. And I'm thinking, all right, we got one. And then you go to the police department and they show you the videotape of the arrest. And the, the client could not have been drunker, falling all over the room, et cetera, because truly in their mind, they thought, oh, you know, I, I think I was pretty good. Then they even see themselves and go, okay, what kind of a deal can you cut me? When these people realize that here's the video, let's take a look. You're going to go viral. Now, let's talk about a deal. That's how this is going to play out, don't you think? Well, and the first and, and it's a matter of the prosecution saying, I'm going to make very few deals. I'm only going to make as many as I need to. First come, first serve. And if you think you can stall and then at the end there's going to be a good deal waiting, not necessarily going to pull it right off the table. It's going to be sharp shark tank. OK, mm-hmm. it's uh, I mean, the batteries were out in my remote one day and was stuck on the channel. And so I saw that apparently what happens is. They make an offer, and if you don't accept quick enough, it's like, oh, sorry, it's off the table. That's how this is going to work from a prosecutorial standpoint, because it does in every other case. This is how you do it. We'll, we'll take a break. We'll come on back. I want to talk, elaborate a little bit more on there, because it's time for you and I to do a little fun game. Who's flipping first? <laughs> we'll play that. Looking at the lineup here, who's going to be the who's going to be the canary in 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 the the, the room chatting about everything that they did? Jeff Stein joining us right now. Nine five two nine four six six two zero five nine five two nine four six six two zero five. It's the Matt McNeil Show on AM nine AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. 952-946-6205. Jeff Stein joining us right now. So, Jeff, it's time to play our favorite game. Uh, we get to pick who of this crew of of 18 is going to be. And by the way, we should mention there are people who are un uh, not part of this yet who could end up being part of this. We, we, we don't know that for sure. But we have a long list here. Giuliani, John Eastman, Cheesebro. Uh, Ellis, Sidney Powell, Mark Meadows, Jeffrey Clark, um, uh, Ray Smith. Uh, you have the Republican Party chair, David uh, David Schaefer from Georgia. Yeah, you've got uh, the people accused of pressuring uh, uh, the, the poll workers. You have the woman that brought the the uh, people into the uh, into that one uh, uh, county office to basically steal all the equipment from the computers. Uh, so, by, by the way, by the way, this is you're, we are playing a kind of a game show, right? Do you yeah. want some music for this? Sure, go for it. There you go. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I'll, 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 I'll say that 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 bag of Ricola cost twelve dollars. Oh no, I'm off the cliff. 
Oh, Would you like this match game? game yes. <laughs> Is that sort of what we're doing? We're matching the criminal and the punishment. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mad uh, Mary, so swollen. How swollen is she? Well, never. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to do that. That's 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 that's, that's the play at home version. You know, you know, it's, it's, it's just you, know, not, you need it's a safe good. word. Okay. So. <laughs> All right, your call. I, I think there are a lot of people here who are going to need safe words yeah, pretty soon. Yeah, don't you know, think? yeah well, hey, I, I don't. I don't discriminate on any level here. I'm all for no, it. No, no, uh, no. We all can have safe words. Uh, Jeff, who do you think of this crew? Are, are, is it Meadows? I think Meadows is Meadows is one of my top two picks to flip. Do you think? Who do you feel oh, is, oh, is going to be there? We're playing who's most who's going to be voted most likely to flip? Oh yeah, oh, it's Meadows. Meadows in a heartbeat <laughs> because he's the. <laughs> He gave everything and then some to the grand jury in in D.C., all right? Then he comes to, to George and is like, wait a minute. I'm getting caught up in this. I'm going to try to move it to federal court. What he's doing is saying, I'm going to fight you on this. And then when his lawyers contact the prosecution and the prosecution says, what are you doing? You can't do this. They're going to say, well, now that you've called us. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> I, 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 I think he's going to show up in his uh, Atlanta Braves hat, and he's going to just sing like a, like a canary. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. All right. So here's, here's my, here's my uh, dark horse pick on who flips, because oh, if you look okay. at 13, Trump's got 13 counts against him. Giuliani's got 13. Ray Smith, the Trump campaign attorney, has got 12. The next mm-hmm. highest in that group is Kathy Latham. She's the fake GOP elector tied to the Coffee right. County breach. She's on camera. Ba- After she said, I had nothing to do with it, then came forward the video evidence of her indeed actually opening the door for them. She's got 11 charges against him. That's some teeth. She could be going to jail for a long time. My guess is that she is, if she hasn't already called them, that she's going to be calling them pretty quick. My dark horse is Jenna Wade. Okay. She was the high-profile Trump attorney who um, you know just got all full of herself on this and all of these tweets now that she's involved she's trying to do well, a Jenna Ellis not Jenna, well, Jenna Wade Jenna Ellis right Jenna Ellis Jenna yeah. Ellis I, I even had it on the screen and then I clicked out of it yeah Jenna Ellis the attorney who uh, now you know fancies herself a podcast star and has done a crowdsource you know fund my defense fund kind of thing I think she's scared to death and uh so yeah i would say uh ms ellis is uh my dark horse simply because it leads you to another place well well she was the person standing behind leaky giuliani <laughs> you know so you know it's uh hey? yeah she does she's gonna have she's gonna have some value there so yeah i i have zero doubt some of these guys are gonna be flipping and flipping quick and I wouldn't even be surprised if Trump says, I'll throw all the rest of them under the bus if you let me go. So uh, They'll be flipping quicker than a uh, pork chop on a stick at the Iowa State Fair. Nicely done. Jeff Stein, listen Good to them again this weekend. Hour two, that's coming up next. Prince isn't bad. You're going to come with the Prince, man. It's okay. It's the Matt McNeil Show, hour number two. Sturgill Simpson's also very good. I like him. Yeah, lay my fat fingers there. I'm trying to <laughs> press the right button. <laughs> it is the Matt McNeil show. You and I were talking a little bit during the break here. So, because it is fun to figure out who's going to go first. You're right, though. Meadows is already probably sweating it out in an, in an interrogation room in Atlanta right now. Bring him on in here. I'm ready to talk. <laughs> I brought everything. Here it is. Here's every computer I've ever owned. <laughs> Looking through. Um, would Trump flip? Or wait, okay, because oh, yeah. the thing with Rico is this: is the goal is to get the the, the 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 head of the beast per se, 
and that would be Trump. But, you know, if no one else is flipping, I'm sorry. I could see Trump going, I'll give you everybody. I'll give you, I'll give you Rudy. I'll give you that Jenna girl who's, who's a four. Let's be honest about it. I'll give you, I'll give you cheese bra. And I only like him because it sounds like I'm asking for cheese bra. <laughs> I'll give you the East Wing guy. Yeah. Well, we, he could be part of this too. I'll give you this. I'll give you, I'll give you crazy Sydney Powell. Oh, I'll, I'll serve her up on a platter. Just, I just got to give me more hamburgers and ketchup. That's it. Um, I don't think they'll want him. I, I mean, I, he, he, one of the truth is he is that much of a freaking weasel. I guarantee you he's probably his. I would I bet that one of his lawyers has already sort of said, what would it take to get from him to get him out of this? What I would. Would you be surprised by that? I'm guessing the Donald Trump we see in private with no cameras talking about this legal case is very different from the one that's posting on Truth Social. Well, I, I think you're onto something with him trying to. I, I would. I would. Would I be surprised at all if Donald Trump has already reached out to Fannie Willis's office? All right, I'm willing to give him all up. You just tell me. I'll, I'll tell you there. I can't testify in front of a camera, but I'll let you know everything. Man, woman, TV camera, everything. <laughs> One time I served chicken nuggets in the in in the the Madison Silver. It was delightful. The football team loved it. Uh 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. No, I, I think I I I this pastor has got to be one of the people that's gonna flip. I mean, I guess I guess that's the question is you know, some of these people are freaking zealots. I talked about this this morning. I said because there was a lot of stories this morning about the Republicans staying with him, and boy, I'm going to I'm going to elaborate on what what uh, Cooligan said yesterday. His his excellent article he published last night about how Tom Emmer is a hack, and I'm going to read that for you here in just a second. But you know, there's a lot of Republicans staying with him because 40 percent of the Republican Party are these unwavering Trump rubes that are just brain-dead far-right zealots who will die for that cause. The real crime within the Republican Party is 30 to 40% of that party right now are cowards who basically just don't have the guts to stand up to the bullies and say, you guys are nuts. I honestly do think the majority of Republicans do not approve of Donald Trump and his behavior. It just is you've got 30 to 40% of that party who looks at the 40% of the people who are just diehard Trump people and they're just too afraid to go against them because the, the, if I if I call them out, they're going to label me a rhino or a liberal, and I don't want that. So I'll sell out my country, that sort of thing. Joe in Bloomington, uh, he wanted to chime in on flipping of the witnesses like Cirque du Soleil. Welcome on in, Joe. Thank you, Matt. A uh, question I've got is you think there's any witnesses or any, uh, any of these folks that are going to say, oh, you want to flip? Thanks, but no thanks. We want you bad enough. We're gonna we're gonna keep you on the list. Well, I gotta believe. Okay, so Trump obviously once again Rico case. Trump's at the top. Giuliani, Eastman, Clark. I think that they want them bad because uh, those are the those are really the the the. I, I honestly think those are the three lesser minions that basically came up with this whole thing. Uh, Sidney Powell was an idiot. Jenna Ellis, Roman, Ray Smith might also be in there as well. But when it comes to the other Trump allies, the the Chile Floyd, Cootie Cheesebro, uh, the Stephen Lee, uh, the Schaefer still, the fake electors, 
I think I think those guys they they specifically when they look at this Rico case, there's low hanging fruit and there's high hanging fruit, and they're basically looking for that low hanging fruit to fr- to flip. And so, I think the anticipation is at least five or six of these guys they're going to take deals with. Do you think that any of those who do get, get to flip, they're not going to get a walk? Are they? They'll still get some sort of punishment. I hope. Well, you'd hope so. And and, and Joe, thank you. I appreciate the phone call here. You know the, the thing that we talked about yesterday with Jack Rice. And and this is just this is just the reality of it. The way our legal and and Stein give Jeff credit here as well. The the legal system in this country is slow. If you are suing a large corporation because of malfeasance by said corporation, you are going to be in court for 8 to 10 years. That is the way it's set up. Their whole goal is to basically grind you down to where you'll take the lowest settlement. Well, first of all, that you'll basically take your case away. If you don't take the case away, then they'll grind you down to say, I'll tell you what, we'll give you a hundred bucks. Okay, we'll give you a thousand bucks. Okay, we'll give you ten thousand dollars. And you know, only when you get close to a trial will they'll start getting serious about offers. But the entire system is built around basically trying to to basically, you know, take as much time as possible. And that's what's going to happen here. Donald Trump is not a young man. As much as the Republicans like to claim, oh, look at all Joe Biden. He's like, Trump is ancient too. So that's just reality. The, when you look at, when you look at Trump and the way that he eats, I've never seen anyone who eats as badly as he does. You know, and this is this. I'm taking no joy, take no pleasure in saying this. He doesn't eat like a guy that's going to make it to 90. Let's just be honest with you. He does. You eat lots of fast food and French fries and stuff. I think it's amazing the guy has been, you know, frankly, um, upright as it is. I mean, it's it's he he clearly has some health issues. Will you ever see him go to jail? I think this case could actually put him into jail. I don't think you're ever going to see him do the walk into a jail because I think he'll be he'll be by the time there is any kind of finality to this case, he'll probably no longer be on the planet. Not in, I'm not saying that in a gleeful or happy way. I'm just saying that as an observation. The system is designed to go slowly. The rest of these guys, yeah, I think there's I think quite a few of these people could end up in jail. Giuliani is another interesting one. He is completely out of money. Did you see that today? He he went into a courtroom and basically said, "I have zero money left." Yeah, isn't he trying to sell? I think his like condo for six million dollars. Maybe yeah. about his only asset he has left. He has no money left. And and if if you're Trump, the question you have to ask yourself is because, like I said, with the the documents case, the two employees of Mar-a-Lago, he's not letting them out of their sight. They're living five star experiences. They're not seeing anyone that they don't that's not a pre-approved. They're not talking to anyone that's not pre-approved. They're not watching anything that's not pre-approved. They are basically under house house arrest on that on that case, and that's dead serious. Take a look at what he's doing with those two employees of Mar-a-Lago in the documents case. He's not going to be able to do that here. He does not have enough money to basically lock all these people down. And so the question is, and this goes back to would Trump try to flip? I think he'd sell out Giuliani in a heartbeat. He already apparently Giuliani and um, Sidney Powell apparently they were promised tons of money. He, he owes them legal fees, and he basically just never paid it. And that's one of the one of the reasons why they, they basically he's having a lot of financial problems. Is that he's uh, you know he's they, they just basically you know they don't have any money left because 
You know, they've basically been in Trump, and Trump is notorious for not paying his bills. He is, as a matter of fact, he, he, he kind of expects it. He kind of expects it to, to not pay his bills. Whereas he just, he, where did he go? He wanted to go to a, a blizzard. The Dairy Queen tried to order blizzards for everybody and then he never paid or said, we're buying things for everyone. He walked out the door. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's, he's, he, you know, my guess is going to be there are going to be already people flipping on him and then it just comes down to how long can he delay it. And, you know, and we talked about earlier with with uh, Stein, it, it would, would, you know, of course, he's going to try to say, well, I have the authority to pardon myself and state crimes. And then the Republican and especially the Republican judges who know that that's a lie will slow walk that decision because one of the truth is all these Republicans are the same thing. They don't want to be the person. I, mean, I, mean, I want to give a lot of credit to the Republicans in Georgia who have got a spine and are using it. You know, guys like Michael Broadcorp, who basically he he stands up for Republicans and he's not standing up for this. Or even a guy like Chris Christie and, and you know, at times is, is, is kind of impressive that he's standing there because so many other Republicans, they fall into that category of cowards where they'll they'll slow walk this and there and they themselves are kind of hoping he either he flees the country or passes away before the judge ruling on it. And then they don't have to be the person that sends them to, to jail. Uh, Donimo Dave. Uh, is uh, Duluth, I believe he is, wants to chime us today. Hey, Dave. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Miraculous Matt. Hey, uh, a couple of points, if I can. One, um, since, uh, as we learned in service class, you're supposed to have a jury of your peers. Does that mean that uh, Trump, uh, actually, the people that serve on the jury have to be like uh, Jimmy Carter, or Bill Clinton, and George W. Bush, and Barack Obama. <laughs> it would be hilarious if they wielded. Uh, uh oh, can I get can I get Barack Obama off this? I don't like him. Uh, no, I, I I think reminder on the D.C. case on the the January sixth case in D.C. Their argument is you can't prosecute us here. You have to take us to the reddest county in the reddest state and have only Republicans on the jury, and only then and only then will you have a fair trial. So, yeah, they, they, they're 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 going to try everything. Yeah, well, if you remember the O.J. Simpson case, you know his peers lived in the San Monica area, as far as that part of Los Angeles. And they got it moved to the middle of the city. And then his peers, he didn't really, OJ, as you well know, didn't have a jury of his peers on there. Um, you know, he's a multi-millionaire NFL TV star, movie star. And those were not the people that made up his jury uh, in uh, in that trial. Well, and, and, and Dave, and Dave, and thank you very much. And that was Johnny Cochran kind of, you know, no, you know. He knew that if this was, you know, tried up in a in a predominantly wealthy white neighborhood, that he would lose, and so that's why you know Johnny Cochran got it moved down into the city to to be tried there. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, completely irrelevant. But at the same time, this case here has got a lot of teeth. And once again, going back to what Jack said yesterday, the the amount of the, the, the stronger the laws that, that they have in Georgia. I mean, they in Georgia, if you are convicted in a RICO case, you have to get a five-year minimum. You have to serve five years minimum before you're eligible for parole. Right now, Republicans in the state of Georgia are frantically screaming, we have got to get back into to session and pass a change in this to allow us to pardon Trump if he's guilty, which once again, I want to point out, the whole argument you hear from Republicans is right now, 
oh, yeah, he's guilty. We just have to do everything in our power to protect him from being held accountable. Which is why I'm going to take a break right now and come back, and I'm going to jump into Cooligan's exceptional piece, an article on calling out Tom Emmer for his hackery. Because, once again, every Republican, Stauber, Kitzner, Fishbach, Emmer, all of them, the whole thing they're doing right now is basically saying, we know he's guilty, we're just not going to hold him accountable. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. Hey, no, they're they're all guilty. They all know he's guilty. They all know. No, no. They all know he's guilty. Only people like like um, my pillow. <laughs> you know, only guys like that anymore or QAnon really think he's in. They've got him dead to rights now. They've got him dead to rights. And once again, the whole argument is, I mean, yesterday I made the point. If you watch Republicans on television. Well, is it a crime to say you want to overthrow the government of the United States? He should be able to say he can overthrow the government of the United States. Yeah, it is a crime to try to overthrow the government of the United States. And or or as in, in, in Georgia, it's like, well, we know he's going to be found guilty, so we have to change the punishment laws so we can pardon him right away. They all know he's guilty, which be, it just shows you how little value and integrity the Republican Party has today. And speaking of that bellwether of lack of integrity, Tom Emmer, who represents the 6th District and has has risen quickly to Congress to become the Republican Majority Whip, is all in with the coup plotters in the hours after former President Trump was once again indicted, this time charged by a grand jury of conspiracy to overturn the Georgia election he lost. Emmer made the statement, the Democrats' weaponization of our justice system continues, this time with a left-wing district attorney who is using the latest indictment against Trump to burst her own political career. The American people aren't falling for it. Hey, funny story, Tom. Uh, First of all, you're a jackass. Second of all, you know how they have this case? They have everyone on tape. They have everyone's emails. They've got what's called evidence. And so what you're really saying, Tommy boy, is that they basically, you insist that even though they have evidence, they can't charge him with a crime. Okay. Now, by the way, that's another one I had Republicans starting to make the comment on. The, The other one. That you can you sure you can plot to overthrow the government of the United States because as as long as it fa- fails you haven't done anything wrong. So, so wait a second here. So you can only be guilty if you actually succeed, which means you likely won't be held accountable. Never mind. We should go uh, rob a bank on the way out of here. If we don't succeed, we don't have any issues. <laughs> I truly thought the money in that bank was my money, so I can't be held accountable. Honest can I? mistake. I was there exactly. Going back to Cooligan's copy here, what we're not falling for is that Emmer actually believes any of this. <laughs> he voted to certify the election results on January 6th, which is an acknowledgement that President Joe Biden won the election. Once again, I want to repeat that. Tom Emmer voted to certify Joe Biden as the official winner of the 2020 election. Just That's just a fact. That is just a fact. 
Having accepted Biden as a winner, Emmer must somehow pretend that Trump made no effort to illegally overturn the results, even though Trump has been talking about it for years. Once again, this is this is why the Republicans are in such trouble, because he's the worst ringleader in the history of mankind, because like a 1940s Batman comic, he can't stop telling everybody about his evil plan. I've got the best evil plan. It's an evil plan that every villain wishes they were me. Going to overturn the government. Going to go sent down there. I'm going to ask for extra votes in Georgia. Going to go harass poll workers. Going to go steal election equipment. I'm going to put out a whole bunch of lies. And I'm going to basically order a bunch of people to attack the Capitol on January 6th. You see? That's what we're going to do. What do you mean you're trying to hold me accountable for that? No doubt Emmer heard the relevant bits on the phone call Trump made to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, a Republican which Trump sought to find the votes necessary to win Georgia and make vague threats of criminal liability should Raffensperger not accede to his demands. And by the way, once again, not the only state he did this to, Arizona as well. I need you to do me a favor. Can you go out to see if you can track down a few thousand votes for me? That'd be great. Emmer must also be familiar with the fake electors and Trump's effort to persuade Vice President Mike Pence to overturn the election. The American people deserve to know that President Trump and his advisors didn't just ask me to pause. They asked me to reject votes, return votes, and essentially to overturn an election, Pence said recently. When Pence refused, Trump supporters, with a wink and a nod from Trump, went hunting for him in the Capitol looking to harm him. Surely Emmer is familiar with all of this. It's, it's been in the news. And if Biden won the election, as Emmer's vote acknowledged, and if we know Trump sought to overturn the results and keep himself in power, then Emmer must surely know that the former president committed the gravest crime imaginable of an American president. It is a crime of a would-be tyrant who violated the most profound principle of self-governments. We pick our rulers, and if we reject that elected official, they leave office. Amen. Well done, Patrick. Emmer knows that, which means he also knows the hardworking law enforcement officers and prosecutors who have rounded up all the evidence on Trump are just doing their duty to keep the country free. And that claiming these honorable Americans are merely pawns being weaponized by Democrats is a smear campaign. Emmer knows all of this. He's not a fool. But if he knows all this, why would he continue to defend Trump? Because Trump is a great man of character uh, who is deserving of a weighty office of the presidency. Not falling for it, Tom Emmer. That's a question mark on the end of that. No, he's not, actually. Last year, elections were something of a proxy of how we considered the Republican attack on democracy and also proving an up-or-down vote on GOP efforts to ban abortion. The public largely rejected Trump's authoritarianism, especially in swing districts and swing states. But now Trump will be on the ballot, and Emmer and every Republican running for the legislature down to the GOP dog catcher. The question must be posed, what should the consequences be for conspiracy to overthrow democracy he's 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 guilty not because liberals have said this he said it he has said it i did this i wanted to do this i wanted to overturn the government i wanted to do these things that 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 is that that they they did it and for emmer to sit there and try to argue that somehow some way there isn't validity to all this for God's sakes, dude, you were in the Capitol when they stormed it, smearing feces on the walls of the U.S. Capitol. You were there when they were chanting, hang Mike Pence. You were there. 
you're all cowards. Tom Emmer, you're a coward. Michelle Fishbach, you're a coward. Pete Stubby Stauber, you're a coward. And uh, Opie, who's down in first? Kitzner. First, Opie? Opie Kitzner? Opie Kitzner. You're a coward. You're all cowards. Not because I disagree with your politics. I do disagree with most of your politics. But I've actually been friends with a lot of people who are Republican in my life. And I am still today friends with a lot of people who are Republicans. You're a coward because you know he's guilty. But you're too afraid to do the right thing. You're cowards. Because Tom Emmer, it comes down to one question. If you if you voted for Joe Biden to become the president, which you did when you were in on January 6th, if you were there and you 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 accepted all those ballots, that meant that you accepted the fact that Joe Biden was the president, then anything that Donald Trump did to try to stop that, which was substantial, is a crime. And you continuing to defend him is an even, even bigger crime. Oh, and I got it, Tom. I get it, Tommy. We already know what your game plan is going to be. When when he's found guilty or he passes away or whatever happens, you're going to be, I was one of the first people to pound my hand on a table and demand accountability. Bull crap, you coward. Bull crap. You didn't ask for accountability. You basically just sat there and demanded blind allegiance because you're a coward, Tom Emmer. You're a coward. So either tell us your vote for Biden to be president was wrong, I made a mistake, or just do what you need to do, which is say, you know what? I was wrong. Uh, You know, Donald Trump is bad and we should not have him as the president of the United States. And I get it. You've you've created this trap for yourself by ignoring the inner cities. You basically went out into the rural red districts of the state and you basically cultivated this fervent base out there who would rather basically watch every member of their family die of COVID than actually think about maybe voting for a Democrat. I get it. But the problem that you have now is you've basically lost the suburbs now. Because not only because you, you've ignored problems of metro areas because those are the liberal people, but because you continue to bank on someone the vast majority of us look at and say, he's nutsoid, dude. And as this case in Georgia specifically goes on, and we find out more, like today, finding out that these other people were involved with clearly through the, the Trump campaign to basically go harass these poll workers, that Mark Meadows was tasked with bribing an official to try to find fraud. As we go further and further down this rabbit hole, it's going to become harder and harder for you to say, he's innocent, Hunter Biden. I get it. You're going to hope that this all goes away. But right now, I'm looking at the docket. You've got court cases all coming up through next year. And your whole goal is to scream, it's fra- it's, it's, it's made up, it's make-believe, because you know that's the narrative your base wants to hear. But the independent voters of this country, they don't want to hear that. The Democrats, I would hope, don't want to hear that. Got some questions about some of the moderates, but hey... The reality is, is this, this is your, this is your waterloo, dude. 
And it's a self-made one. Because you guys don't have any integrity left. You're not the majority whip. You're the majority whipped. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Yeah, full phone lines. Why not? Uh, Scott is in Minneapolis. Uh, wants to chime in today. Welcome on in, Scott. Thank you, Matt. you got a great show. Appreciate you taking my call. I Thanks quickly have a question on um, the, the indicted uh, when they come in for arraignment. Uh, is uh, any of them going Do you your thoughts on are any of those going to have to sit in jail until uh, they're hearing or is there a way that they can get money or special privileges like uh, former President Trump gets where they can just come in and then be free as a bird until the hearing? Well, and Scott, that, it's a very interesting question, and I don't know for sure. Thank you very much. I appreciate the phone call. And thanks for the nice words as well there, Scott. Here's, okay, the way I've understood RICO cases is, now in the, this case, you have to look at them individually. Trump is not going to necessarily flee until he, unless he really is at, you know, it looks like he's about to go to jail because he's running for president. So he, he's going to be still in the country. And so he won't. But the reality is, is that the rest of them you do put into jail or at least give them a very high bond that where they're having to get mortgages on houses and stuff like that to basically get out there. And you make this real, you try to make them realize yeah, there are some real consequences here. And if you basically, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to get a big payout from this guy. He's not going to give you any money. He's not going to cover you. So you'd better, you know, the question you have here is, do you want to basically walk, you know, be able to sleep in your own house tonight? Or do you want to basically, um, you know, go to jail? And that's going to be the case. And that, that's the whole point of RICO cases. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting. Like I said, you watch the documents case and Trump is not letting those two employees out of his sight, that they are traveling with him like a freaking, you know, entourage. You know, it, it's it's it, they, he's terrified of those guys getting flipped against him in the in the documents case. Uh, Paul is in Savage. You wanted to chime in on Raffensperger. Uh, welcome in, Paul. Yes, I think it's kind of weird that you never hear in the press that uh, Trump called Raffensperger and says, I want you to find me. 11,780 votes. And I kind of wish Raffensperger would have said, so you, you think that the American public's going to believe that you won Georgia by one vote? I mean, how stupid do you think the public is? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, I think, and, and thanks, Paul. I appreciate the phone call there. I, I think everyone on that call in Georgia, and I'm going to guess the same one in Arizona, were like, you want us to do what? <laughs> it's, it was, I guarantee you this. No one is taking a call from Donald Trump right now without having recording equipment going. I mean, I I, I guarantee this because you know you because you almost want to look at him and say, "All right, so just to make sure I understand what you're saying is you want me to illegally manufacture a certain amount of votes to make sure you've won by one vote." And they're, "Oh no, I didn't, I didn't say that. I mean, that would you know, be accountable. I can't. You can't do that. You can't do that." No, I just think you got to go see if you can find him. But, you know, remind, reminder, seriously, if he did if he did do that, Raffensperger did do that and get the one vote for him, Republicans would say, see, one vote matters. 
uh, is the phone number. Um, Brett, I'm going to ask you a question here, okay? Okay, I'm going to read the first line of this 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 story, and then I want to ask you permission to do the joke, okay? Uh, Outback Steakhouse in Burnsville closed abruptly this week after more, to, more than 20 years in business. Can I do the joke? I don't know where you're going here, so uh, we'll have to see. My guess is everyone woke up and said, oh, my God, we're in an Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Uh, there are no words yet, by the way. <laughs> sorry. Oh, it's a fine thing. A blooming onion will only kill you after about 20 minutes. That's only about 70,000 calories that you, know, that you get. And it's got ranch dip and sauce, so delicious. Um, the Outback Steakhouse has closed. There's no word yet what prompted the closure, but the restaurant's hours on Google have been upread to updated to read permanently closed. Bring me the news. Reached out to Bloomin' Brands, which owns Outback Steakhouse and several other casual dining r- r- restaurant chains, for more information. The strip mall uh, where uh, it, it, it is uh, has been um, is uh, let's see one second here uh, is located on County Road 42. It was built in the late 1980s, expanded to the early 1990s, according to City Records. So, but yeah, that's. They they've been down there. I think that was like that wasn't that like the first one here in town was back when we were like oh it's an Outback Steakhouse oh we're gonna talk it like it's a Subway in Fargo or Olive Garden in Fargo. <laughs> I remember correctly. You might have a better memory on. Didn't they used to be the Timber Lodge Steakhouse? No, that was ago? that was that became Granite City. That was a oh, different gotcha. one. Okay. That was that was a different one. I and say, yeah, that was used to be a good. Yeah, that, Timber Lodge was good. Yeah until basically it seems like they fired half their servers. But here was the sad part about Timber Lodge. And then, of course, it became Granite City Brewing. Is that you'd go in there and, you know, you'd go in there to have a family dinner and we'd sit there and we'd talk and we'd go in there and everyone else, every family that was in there was just watching TV. It was just like, okay. And we that's why we, it was not a bad steak. Timber Lodge wasn't a bad steak. It just was it just, yeah, kind of a depressing place to go. If you want to know the truth. You know, I like, I like when we go places and I can sit and talk with my kids. And, that, that's, and you know, I, I enjoy that. So and it's not, you know, let's find the TV that you have of your choice. And everyone just sits there rah, 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 staring off into the distance. Speaking of bad food, have I lost the Outback contract now? Is Outback done with us now? I think they're uh... – they're going to be coming on anytime, anytime soon. Crikey! <laughs> Did that even sound close to being Australian? No, not really. It would be great if they sponsored tomorrow. Now you're coming on. And- <laughs> oh, I my love. God. oh, my God. Hey, Outback. Sure, your steak is delicious. Uh, speaking of unedible food, the Demo- Iowa State Fair has announced their best new food choice. Now, okay. You and I have lamented the Iowa State Fair. If you like ag stuff, Iowa State Fair is better than the Minnesota State Fair. Minnesota State Fair has got some good ag stuff in it, and, and I like the horse shows, and I, you know, you get to go see piggies, and you get to go see the, the duckies and all that stuff, and yeah, it smells a lot. But you get to go see the fun stuff. It's enjoyable. Livestock. Who doesn't love to stare at an ear of corn? It reminds me of something. <laughs> anyway, look at the color on that one. Oh, look at those, look at those golden kernels. Seed art's a hoot. Anyway, uh, but if you go to the Iowa State Fair, I mean, it is much more of an ag-based thing because it's Iowa. It's got much more ag down there. Another major difference that Brett and I have talked about over the years in regards to the Iowa State Fair is the food down there is, 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 
it's not like here where they kind of try to do these nuanced, you know, kind of almost gourmet state fair things. Sometimes it's, you know, deep fried Oreos in, in a ding dong. But <laughs> I'll say it. You have to pay extra for that. Anyway, <laughs> you, have to, you have to. But um, down there, it, it, the most obnoxious food generally is always the winner. I think you'll agree with me. The winner of this year's Iowa State Fair, best new food. The deep fried bacon brisket, mac and cheese, grilled cheese. The new food from the What's Your Cheese takes top honors at the this. The Rib Shack's signature bacon brisket, mac and cheese. Okay, pick a lane for God's sakes. Brisket, brisket bacon, mac and cheese is slathered between layers of American cheese. Oh, and two slices of What's Your Cheese bacon cheddar bread. Oh. And then deep fried until golden brown, like your stomach will be, served with the signature raspberry chipotle barbecue sauce. The deep fried bacon, brisket, mac and cheese, grilled cheese can be found at, you know, at the Hague for crimes against humanity. I'm going to presume. They come with a tub of Tums. It is what. Dear God. How are you even walking after that? I mean, you're like the guy in Monty Python, Meaning of Life. Bring me a bucket. <laughs> That's all you're going to be at that point. Um, two other foods vying for the 2023 tutorial also remain available through the fair. The grinder ball. Once again, you have to pay extra for that. God. Did, <laughs> uh, oh, Iowa. Located at the bacon box. Seriously. I mean, you can't, you can't make up this. Like, I, I made up this story. You know, AI, make me up a story about the Iowa State Fair food, okay? The grinder ball located at the bacon box. It's the nastiest, dirtiest story I've read in a long time. The grinder ball is a blend of bacon be- balls, balls, because everyone knows bacon comes in ball form. Bacon balls stuffed with mozzarella cheese wrapped in bacon. So bacon with cheese wrapped in bacon, rotisserie smoked and dipped in warm marinara sauce. Because, you know, you want some vegetables in there. The grinder ball is the bacon box's new signature gluten-free taste. I don't think, stop, don't even, no, no, don't try. It's gluten-free like it's healthy. God, the grinder ball. (laughs) By the way, also the name I I, I, I performed under when I was in college, I needed money. I was was poor. It was just a way to get around (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Grinder Ball. <laughs> you guys in Iowa are so naughty. Um, the Iowa Twinkie, located at the Whatcha Smokin' Barbecue and Brew. No, you don't have legalized dope down there. You can't use Whatcha Smokin', that's us. Uh, the Iowa Twinkie is a Texas staple with an Iowa twist. Well, way to be original there. A smoked bacon wrap jalapeno, okay, stuffed with pulled pork and sweet corn, cream cheese, and ranch seasoning. All right, that doesn't sound bad. Then glazed with a whatcha smoking barbecue brew house house styled sweet and sticky barbecue sauce. Okay, I think you could lose a few words out of that description. I mean, that's a big bottle you're gonna have to have just to have all that on there. Whatcha smoking barbecue and brew house made sweet and sticky barbecue sauce. Continued on next bottle. 
<laughs> oh, and of course, it's drizzled with ranch dressing. All right, there. Why wouldn't it be? Well, for God's sake, it was good up until that point. I actually was like, okay, I wouldn't be against that one. A smoked-wrapped jalapeno stuffed with pulled pork, sweet corn, cream cheese, and ranch seasoning. That doesn't sound bad. I like you, you like jalapeno poppers. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm, that doesn't sound bad. But then you, then you, you, we got ranch dipping sauce. Come on. At least, at least the crime against humanity had a raspberry thing on the side. <laughs> I do like that? It makes it feel a little healthier. A little raspberry, a little, God, you know, a little bit of lettuce, and now it's healthy. Yeah. Like, everyone's wearing coveralls just because they need them for growth. You, see, you know, during the show, you know, yeah, I'm going to get larger today. <sighs> I'll meet mosey on over to that bench for a while, then go watch the sheep. <laughs> Grinder ball, man. Grinder ball. Don't you wish. Uh, 952-946-6205. Jim is in St. Louis Park. He wanted to chime in today. Hey, Jim. Hey, Matt. Um, I just want to say I was out knocking on doors in 2020, and this would have been late September, early October. Um, and I, I met a Trump supporter, and I, and I know him because I met him at the door, you know, a couple times through the years knocking on doors. And at that time, he said, you wait until January 6th. And that was in September, October. So, well, the, you know, the, the, plans, the plans for January 6th go, go way back. Well, I, I would not be surprised. And, and, Jim, thank you very much. I appreciate the call. All right, one of the things I brought up with Stein. And thanks for holding. I do appreciate that, Jim. One of the things I brought up with Stein is that it's become clear. Initially, the story was the person who started all this was Rudy Giuliani on election night when it looked like all of a sudden, wait a second, they're not going to call this race. And it looks like Joe Biden's going to win on early voting. That, you know, Giuliani was running through the White House, drunk as a skunk, apparently, screaming, don't contain, don't contain, say we won, say they're stealing it from us. That was the original first story. Then it came out about four or five months ago, Steve Bannon was talking about in October, telling, you know, if I'm Trump, I don't concede, I don't say this, I basically say that they stole the election and I go with that and that's going to be the argument I'm going to make. Now we know that apparently, and and maybe this is why Steve Bannon, who's not part of the group, but I believe he's a he's an uncharged co-conspirator. Uh, he might be an uncharged co-conspirator. He basically must have resonated with Trump because now we know that they actually were discussing not conceding the election in on Halloween, on Halloween before the election. So, you know, I don't, Jim, I don't have, you know, I know that there were some groups who were sitting there saying, well, how do we, how do we basically try to stop this if he loses? Or as they would probably say, they're going to steal this from us. We got to stop them. And so they, they I, you know, they, it, it clearly there was some people, and I'm not saying this was necessarily the Trump White House, but there were some people, maybe Ginny Thomas, maybe Ginny Thomas who are already pinpointing that day and sort of saying, you know, wait a second here. If we can stop Pence from validating the, the, the electoral vote, we send it to the U.S. House of Representatives. We have the votes in the House of Representatives to overturn the, the power of the people. 
and install Trump as the president. That is why, and by the way, once again, this is one of the things I've said, is that the Republicans and the leadership in the House and the Senate on January 6th that day, refusing to leave the Capitol, they, and, 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 and Pence included, they're refusing to leave the Capitol because they knew that there, there were people. And I, and I will say this, I con- convinced that Trump's Secret Service was in on it, that Trump's Secret Service was in on it. And that Pence, even Pence seemed to think that because Pence refused to allow the Secret Service to take him away from the Capitol. So that basically everything fell apart there because everyone stayed. But you you don't get a crowd like that right there without without some planning ahead of time. So I think that it doesn't surprise me that some people were already pinpointing that day. In that capacity, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. I get another fun story when we do return. It's our good friend, George Santos, or as I should say, Tom Emmer's good, good, good friend, George Santos. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. We're not going to call Tom Emmer P-Whipped. We're going to call him T-Whipped. You're the majority whip. No, you're T-Whipped there, Tom. Uh, I, I bring that up because Tom Emmer, who we, we ridiculed today because he's acknowledged the fact that Joe Biden won. So all this posturing about how dare they try to hold Donald Trump for breaking the law crap is just a joke. Anyway, T-Whipped is um, he also stands by George Santos, that George Santos. They st- he stands by him, and he loves him. He loves George Santos. That's his best buddy. Is Tom Emmer's best friend is George Santos. Like peas in a pod. <laughs> like... <laughs> like two truck nuts on the back of a Ford pickup. That's that's it's Tom Emmer and George Santos hand in hand. Dragon. Anyway, well I I don't I can't say any of that is I mean I think they're friends. I mean, if they're not friends, why the hell is he keeping them in the house? Cuz he's absolutely horrible. <laughs> Explain that one there, Tommy boy. Anyway, T whipped as uh Hanging low with his buddy George Santos, a campaign associate of Representative George Santos who impersonated – wait a second here. And you're about to say it's like he did what now? Because I had not heard of any of this. Had you, you tell me, Brett, if you've heard of any of this. A campaign associate of Santos who impersonated Speaker Kevin McCarthy's former chief of staff has been charged with wire fraud and identity theft in a federal indictment unsealed on Wednesday. Did you hear anything about this? I did not know. <laughs> That's, wait a second. Speaker Kevin McCarthy also T-whipped. Speaker Kevin McCarthy has to keep this guy in there after his own associate impersonated McCarthy's own former chief of staff. Wow. The aide, Samuel Meal, M-I-E-L-E, was arraigned Wednesday morning in Brooklyn federal court and released on a $150,000 bond. He has pleaded not guilty. He was accused in the federal prosecutors of sending a fraudulent fundraising email to more than a dozen potential contributors in an unnamed candidate 
In those messages, he claimed to be a high-ranking aide to a member of the House with leadership responsibilities, the indictment said. When Mr. Meal uh, successfully solicited campaign contributions, he received 15% commission according to the indictment. Wow. The indictment, which was filed on Tuesday, does not name Santos, a first-term Republican representing parts of Long Island and Queens, who also fantastic volleyball player. I mean, if you've ever seen his set style, I mean, he was just, he dominated in college. Nor does it provide more details about the house aide Mr. Meal is said to have impersonated or the member with whom he is associated. But the New York Times and other news outlets have previously reported that Meal impersonated Mr. McCarthy's chief of staff in a bid to solicit funds for Mr. Santos's campaign. Mr. McCarthy later confirmed those reports and said that Mr. Meal was uh, fired after Mr. Santos learned of his actions. Meal was charged with four counts of wire fraud in connection to a specific email he sent between August and October of 2021. He was also tra- so this was this was uh, okay. So this was before the election of last year. He was also charged with aggravated identity theft. The case against Mr. Meal was filed by the same prosecutors in the Eastern District of New York who are prosecuting Santos in a separate case involving wire fraud. In the letter filed on Wednesday, prosecutors advised the court that the cases should be considered related. Santos has been charged with 13 full counts of money laundering, wire fraud, theft, and public funds, and false statements following an investigation into his finances. He has pleaded not guilty. This is the new Republican Party. How many Republicans after the 2022 election did we find out had lied openly about their resumes? How many of them openly lie every day? I mean, we can make an argument. Tom Emmer's every day Tom Emmer comes out and defends Trump and say there's no reason to prosecute him. He's lying. This is what the Republican Party has become, a win at any cost. And this is what their downfall is, is they don't even realize how dangerous they've become to themselves. And until they wake up, there's nothing that's going to save them because they're screwed. But hey, no, no, you, yeah, you just, you stay with Donnie Boy there. Good luck with all of that. Native Roots Radio, I'm awake. That's coming up next. You stick around tomorrow. We'll be back then. Until then, see ya.